0: My name is Susan Basford-Wilson. I'm a partner with Kinstanji Brooks, Smith & Profit, and I'm delighted to be hosting the first ever Kinstanji Podcast. In this podcast, we will cover industry news, labor and employment developments, and then provide some practical tips that you can use at your company or in your practice. For our very first episode, I'd like to discuss digital dilemmas in the workplace, and then provide a few tips on how to address those issues. This is an area that my clients frequently ask about, and it's an area I particularly enjoy discussing. So briefly, we're going to talk about pre-employment dilemmas, digital dilemmas related to current employees, and then a few issues that could arise after someone leaves your employment. So let's talk about some of those pre-employment dilemmas. According to a 2017 survey and report by SHRM recruiting via social media is growing. 84 of organizations now report using it in some capacity, particularly to recruit passive job candidates. Searching social media can certainly provide a way for employers to learn helpful information that they may or may not get during the typical hiring process. However, if you find out information that you normally would not and should not get during the hiring process, problems can arise. For example, happy 50th birthday, Bob, or I'm running in the Susan G. Komen race for the cure this weekend in honor of my mother, my grandmother, and my four aunts. Once you learn information about a protected characteristic of an applicant, you can't unlearn it. You might be asking, why is this relevant? Well, the answer is failure to hire claims. These types of claims aren't common. This is where an applicant alleges that they weren't hired due to their membership in a protected class. This type of suit isn't common, but it does occur. In fact, the EEOC brought one such suit in 2017 against the Special Education Associates in which it alleged that there was a failure to hire based on sexual discrimination and also that the employer failed to maintain records of job applications, resumes, and interview notes, as well as other records having to do with hiring. When it comes to current employees, what digital dilemmas exist? Well, among them are sexting, sexual harassment, and online discrimination claims. For those of you who don't know, Sexting is the sending of sexually explicit photos or text messages through one's phone typically to friends or potential suitors, and this behavior is very prevalent. According to a 2015 survey by several professors at Drexel University, um, 88% of participants reported having ever sexted, and 82% of participants reported they had sexted in the past year. And that was a survey of 870 participants in the US who ranged in age from 18 to 82. That's eight out of 10 people. Further, 81% of Americans have a social media profile and 58% of social media access occurs from mobile applications. Further, there's also an app for that. So in contrast with say the 80s, there are so many more venues in which your employees can make bad choices and in which those bad choices can be made very quickly and in a format that may be preserved for a long time. Some of the common scenarios include virtual harassment, textual harassment, sexting, cyber stalking, and cyber bullying. And no discussion of social media would be complete without a mention of the National Labor Relations Board involvement with this subject. In about 2010 or 2011, the NLRB began to issue memorandums about what constituted protected concerted activity on social media and what you could and could not discipline employees for. Section 7 provides that employees have the right to engage in concerted activities for the purpose of collective bargaining Or for other mutual aid or protection and this section applies to all employees regardless of whether or not they are involved in a union however fast forward to 2018 we've seen some new activity from the general counsel of the National Labor Relations Board and it has involved a mandatory review of many of the NLRB's decisions during the Obama presidency that includes some of the decisions involving handbook policies As well as protected concerted activity. Thus, we tend to think the tide is changing on that issue. Another issue that I like to discuss with my clients is the issue of data security. What happens if your employee leaves his or her cell phone in a cab? What happens if they leave a laptop in the airport? What happens if they use the unsecured public Wi-Fi at McDonald's? Well, The experts say that one step would be to minimize local data storage on any individual's device. If it's not on a phone, the data can't be stolen from a phone. If data is stored locally, then the experts suggest limiting access to that data, requiring strong passwords on every device with company information, and also protecting that device physically. I have yet to be on an airplane where the people next to me weren't very interested in whatever I was working on. So it's always good to advise your employees to not look at protected health information or trade secrets in an environment where someone else could see that information. And finally, plan for device loss or employee termination. We always hope that every employee leaves every company on good terms. However, if an employee walks out the door today how are you going to ensure that that person doesn't have any critical protected company information on a personal device additionally the time to plan for a cyber attack is not after it's already occurred finally i want you to think about your litigation related duties if you are involved in or reasonably anticipate litigation you do have a duty to preserve information if That information is on an employee's individual device. Do you have a plan on how to make sure that it is preserved? You might be thinking, oh, I don't need to worry about that. I know where all my data is. None of my employees use their devices for work purposes. Well, not only do some companies require the use of personal devices, more than 50% of employees report using a personal phone or computer for a work-related issue which leads us to another common issue wage and hour liability what if a manager texts an hourly non-exempt employee about a scheduling issue or would like that person to run an errand before they come in to work is that compensable time What happens if you have an exempt employee on a protected leave of absence who is doing more than a de minimis amount of work while on that protected leave? As a general rule of thumb, if you would pay an employee who is sitting at his or her desk for a task, then you should pay them when they're performing it out of the office as well. So we've talked about a lot of issues and a lot of potential concerns. Now let's talk about some solutions to those digital dilemmas. I recommend that you first figure out the best strategy for your company, for your organization. Is it valuable to your organization to be able to look up applicants online? Does that provide you information that helps you make a good hiring decision? Well, if so, figure out how to do that in a way that also insulates you from risk related to this. I often recommend that a company designate a Googler who will perform any online searches, but only provide the decision makers information that the decision makers are allowed to have when they're making a hiring decision. Once you've figured out the best strategy for your company, I recommend that you create appropriate policies and procedures. Is a bring your own device policy something that would be valuable to your company? Well, think it through. If it is, create a policy on it make an employee register a device. Proactively ask them to sign an agreement regarding what happens to the information stored on a device if the company should be sued. Additionally, I'd invite you to carefully consider who actually needs to have 24-7 access to their email. Not every employee does. If they don't, why would you give an employee access and incur all the associated risks? Once you have a policy in place, in writing, then train your employees on that policy. That's particularly important for all managerial staff. A manager cannot possibly follow a policy that he or she doesn't know about or that they don't understand. Once that policy is in place and all your employees know about it, then require your employees to follow the company's policy. Further, be consistent. I would suggest that it is not an excellent idea to Google one applicant out of 100. That one person happens to be the woman who may or may not be pregnant. In considering many of these digital dilemmas, it can be very helpful to find an analog analogy. So, for example, if you know you're not supposed to ask an applicant whether or not she's pregnant, then I would recommend that you also not Google the person to find out that same information. With those tips, I'll wrap up this episode of Constanji's podcast. I've enjoyed discussing a few of the issues inherent in today's digital workplace with you, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Thank you.